Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Well, good morning. How is everybody doing this morning? Good. Welcome to everybody joining us online today. We're glad that you're with us. Well, we have been this January going over a series, um, because I'm on for Vessels of Honor, if you haven't noticed. That's why I've been up here. So... And it is on fruitfulness because, uh, you know, the Lord, we're just going to do a quick review, but the Lord has, we are destined and designed to be fruitful in life, to um, everywhere our foot treads, everything we touch to prosper, um, to, to bear fruit, right? How many know you are created and made and the design is because of the spirit of God on the inside of you to be fruitful in life? Do you know it? Yes. And so Second uh, Peter chapter 1 is kind of what led me into or just gave me this, this uh, message for January because it just states some important things, and we'll get to that in a second. But I just want to go over and review just a little bit. Fruit, fruitfulness begins and is maintained and abounds at the level of our commitment to be purposed and intentional about knowing him. And then following through with the action that comes from abiding in him, right? So remember we talked about knowledge, and actually the Lord did not let me get off of that. I thought we were going to go on to some of the characteristics of and uh, the action of love and just um, being a person of character. But we're actually going to look at some more verses because the beginning of Second uh, Peter chapter 1 actually talks a lot about the knowledge of God, and we're going to see how important that is. Because remember, knowledge is not just mental assent. There is an action that we put to knowledge. It's, it's an experiential knowledge. Like we're actively living and walking in and knowing God. There's an action to it. <clears throat> I'm sure glad, I'm so glad that Jesus had action in his life. He moved to do things. Whatever the Father said, he then did, right? That's what the scripture says. Whatever he said, he said. He was looking for the Father to give him um, direction, and then he would go and put feet to that direction. He would do it. That's huge. Because it's not enough to just know the word of God, but we have to be doers of the word of God. Remember, James talks about that. And it is the doer of the word of God that's blessed. So if you want to see fruit, blessing to me sounds like fruitfulness, right? If we want to see blessing in our life and see fruitfulness in our life, then we have to be a doer of the word of God. Remember that we've talked about that If we're not more of a doer of the word of God this year than we were last year, things are probably not going to change for us. So in our knowledge of the Lord, it's not just about knowing his word. That's important because we know him by his word. We know him by his word and his spirit. But then it's applying what we know to our life, and that is true knowledge. And so we're going to look at that deeper today. But we abide in him, and we talked about last week, um, love. In the message in John 15, you don't have to turn here, we're just reviewing real quick, but John 15, uh, 9 through 10, it says, I've loved you the way my Father has loved me. Make yourselves at home in my love. 
If you keep my commands, you will remain intimately at home in my love, and that's what I've done. I've kept my father's commands and made myself at home in his love. So you will see laced throughout the whole scripture and Jesus' love. Why? Because it's not just something he does, it's who he is. It's his nature. The Bible says God is love. And so that, to me, says that that is a key component to us as well, that we are to abide in his love. And we are to stay and remain in there. Remember we talked about fruitfulness. Um, what does it say in John 15? It says that, that you, uh, that you uh, remain, abide in the vine. And outside of that, I'm just really paraphrasing right now, but outside of abiding in the vine, it literally says you can do nothing. Now, what that means is, is we can do a whole lot of stuff in life, but we want our stuff in life to be kingdom business and to make kingdom changes, right? And we are anointed to do that. So whether you're doing your job like a secular job or you're just out grocery shopping or anything, you can actually be in fruitfulness and be in the vine while you do those and then release the glory of God into those situations. And that's being fruitful. But if we also can go about our day, go to our job, go to the grocery store, never think about God and don't really involve him, don't abide in him. Remember, abide means to habitually obey and abide in him, to live in him. There's an action to abiding. And um, it's staying in him. It's conscious of him at all times. Well, when we do that, we can take that abiding and being in him and apply that to everything natural in our life and see fruit in it. God fruit, right? Good fruit. I want good fruit, I want God fruit. If God has called me, and, I, and he, obviously he hasn't because we're pastoring a church, but if God has called me to uh, work at, as a doctor for the rest of my life, then I better do it abiding in him. Because then when I get to the end of that, when I have abided in the Lord and allowed him to come through me in that position, then I have, I have been fruitful in kingdom business. And I will walk through the gates one day, and he will say, well done. And so last week we talked about, because we tend to, see, that's, that's doing that in just your living, right? But last week we talked about um, <clears throat> the emphasis that we put on the gifts. When, when we should desire gifts, but we should pursue love. Remember we talked about that? If you didn't get a chance to listen to that, you can go back and listen to all the, the messages in the series. But um, uh, Paul actually addresses this in uh, 1 Corinthians. And in 12.31, he says, Earnestly desire the best gifts, and yet I show you a more excellent way. What's the more excellent way? It's to walk in love. It's a more excellent way. It doesn't say that the gifts aren't good. It says it is a more excellent way. So really exercising the gifts from the foundation and from the spirit of love is the design for us. It's not the other way around. We get all like, oh, it's so glamorous, the gifts and all of this. But 1 Corinthians 13 says if you have all of these things and you don't have love, you don't profit anything. So here we have in John... If you're not in me, 
And then John in the message, 15, 9 through 10, you're not in love, you can do nothing. And then we have in 1 Corinthians, if you're doing all of these things, but you don't have love, you're not in me, because God is love, then you, it's, it's nothing. It's like an annoying sound, right? And so we have to do, uh, to be in love and to remain in him if we want to be fruitful, even in exercising the gifts, he is, he is so good that he helps us sometimes in our ignorance, I would say, but also our immaturity to flow in gifts so that it benefits somebody. Do you know what I mean? But think about how much more um, <clears throat> impactful those can be when we operate in the gifts from a place of abiding in him. And having relationship with him and being in communion with him. Guys, it goes to a whole nother level. And the reason why the Lord is having us address these things is because if you haven't noticed, the presence of God in this place has increased to a level that I just can't wait to come. You know? I mean, it's just, I cannot wait to come. And and I... I'm just so blessed, like I'm just honored by his presence in here. I'm honored by his presence. And he wants to increase it even more. And get this, he doesn't ever want to lift off this place. Do you know what I mean by that? I've seen this happen. The focus gets put on things that it should not be put on, and the presence of God begins to lift off. I'm not looking for a one-year reviving of the church. I'm looking for that presence of God to stay on this place until we march on into heaven. And that's what he wants to do. And so the Lord is having us deal with the character issues. Because if we don't have character, we're going to, we'll get off. We need character. It's important to God, and we're going to look at that some more today. Um, so to pursue in chapter uh, 14, verse 1, and I just this is my last part of review here, and then we'll move on. <clears throat> Excuse me. But uh, chapter 14, verse 1, Paul says in just the beginning of that, it says, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. Remember, we talked about that. To pursue is to seek, to use measures to obtain, to follow as an example, to imitate. Endeavor to attain to, to strive to reach or gain. To purpose or to pursue God is to wake up every day eager to dig. God wants us to seek him with all of our heart. What does he say in Jeremiah? If you seek me, I believe it's Jeremiah 29. If you seek me with all of your heart, you'll find me. Well, it's somewhere over there you can look. But it is to be filled to the brim with God's love and presence and still yearn for more. I love it. Uh, uh, um, the one guy in California, Lord help my mind today. <laughs> it's still napping. It's like sleeping. Yes, thank you. Bill Johnson said, he said, he said, when you hunger in the natural, you can be satisfied. When you hunger for God... You just will hunger for more. I thought that was so good. And that's what pursuing God is. Because, see, we'll never reach the end of the goodness of God. We'll never reach the end of his, his many 
he's many-sided, many facets. We'll never reach the end of him. We will never find out all we need to know just because we're, we can't. He's God. And, but yet he is drawing and he's saying, come. If you, if you come to me, I'll, I'll come to you. I'll meet you. What an invitation to know God. What an invitation. And so we want to pursue, and we don't want to just pursue God when we need him. And we don't want to just pursue God on a Sunday morning and a Wednesday night. We are to pursue him daily. We are to pursue him every moment of every day. And that doesn't mean that you're, you lock up in your closet all day long, but you are, um, con- you are constantly aware and conscious that God is with you and he's in you and he's moving. And at any moment he could lay on your heart to do something or at any moment he could speak to you or at any moment he could drop something in your spirit and you're ready for it because he's that alive to you. He's that real. He's that much a part of your life. God is good. It says that um, finally it is to commit your entire life to knowing him. And we're going to talk about knowing him today. Because that, you know, we think, oh, yeah, no, I know you, I know you, I know you. No, this goes pretty deep when the Bible talks about knowing him. To pursue love means to act with intention and purpose. It means to love for the sake of loving with no expectation of something in return. Excuse me. The word pursue means to press hard after, to pursue with earnestness and diligence in order to obtain, to go after with the desire of obtaining, to cultivate it in your own hearts as the richest and the best endowment of the Holy Spirit and endeavor to to diffuse it all around. That's to diffuse love. And desire, remember he says desire spiritual gifts, is to long for, to ask for, or long to have. We desire the gifts, and as a response to our desire, he distributes them as he sees fit. Right? He decides what gifts we're to operate in. We don't decide that. We say, God, I'm open and I desire the gifts. And in that communion with with him, you are sensitive to hear when he says, okay, this, 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 this is, you know what I mean? And then he distributes those as he wishes or as he wills. So character is very important to God and character finds its foundation in, in love and is the expression of love. You'll see that in 1 Corinthians 13, right? That's the love chapter, 4 through 8, right? This is what love is. So we talked about even the fruits of the Spirit. There is one fruit, which is love, with eight manifestations. And those manifestations are clearly explained in 1 Corinthians 13, right? That is character. And that walking in that character is our responsibility. The Lord doesn't come and twist our arm and make us do things. Those are things that we decide to walk in. 
because we're pursuing it. We're pursuing patience. We're pursuing kindness. We're pursuing um, not taking offense. We're, we're pursuing believing the best of people. I mean, we are attaining this thing, right? We are going after it with everything in us. We are pursuing love because we know that, for one, faith does not work without love. And that's a big deal. How many know that you need your faith? Right? The just shall live by faith. We walk by faith. We live by faith. That's what we do. Everything that we receive from the Lord is by faith. Everything. And so faith is important, and we need that to be working. So let's go to 2 Peter chapter 1, and we're going to be in verse, um, I'm going to read the whole thing, uh, excuse me, just actually 2 through 10, and then we're going to just camp in verse 2 through 4 for the rest of the morning. (coughs) So in verse 2, 2 Peter 1, verse 2, grace and peace, so just listen real good as I read through this. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these we may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. But also, for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to your virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For if these, listen to this, for if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful. In the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, for he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness, and has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your calling and your election sure, for if you do these things, you will never stumble. You mean to tell me, if I learn and develop and pursue love and learn to walk in that because that's who God is remember this is that is the basis of God okay it's who he is it's his character for God so loved the world that he gave that love that he had had an action to it and because of the love that he had and the intensity of it, that he had it changed history for us Changed our history. Hallelujah. So you cannot go through the New Testament and not find love as the basis for everything. I mean, you can't find that in the Old Testament either, but love is a big deal. And we are talking about the character and what this is talking about in verse 5 through 
10 is, listen, if you put action to the spirit of love on the inside of you, you will not be unfruitful. You will not be blind to things. Have you ever felt like you're blind in situations and you just don't, maybe just check your love real quick. Just check it. You know, I was telling Rick that, check it. He felt like it, sorry. (laughs) At least I didn't point the first time. Check your love walk. Lord, am I exercising patience here? Am I really, um, am, am, I, am I believing the best in this situation? Where, you know, allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. He will. Every time. He has already created or already provided, I should say, a way out of everything that you're in. We just need to take the time to hear from him and then obey. It's really that simple. <laughs> We make it harder sometimes, but it's really that simple because we get tired of waiting. We get tired of, okay, God, it's time now. We've waited long enough. What, what do you want me, you know, what's the answer? No, we just wait on him, and he's faithful. And in the waiting, he'll keep you, right? He's faithful. So we're going to look at verse 2. <coughs> Excuse me. And it says, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Listen to what that's saying. Grace and peace multiplied in the knowledge of him. You mean to tell me the more and more I Learn to yield to the Holy Spirit and yield to the Lord in my life that grace and peace is multiplied? Yes. The Lord loves a yielded heart. Because what he can do with somebody who's yielded is swoop in there and give you so much grace and so much peace. But if you don't have a yielded heart and you resist that, and you resist the Lord's guidance in your life, then what happens? You're just, you're not going to make it. You're not going to be fruitful in that area. Because it's impossible without him, without remaining in him, without listening to his instruction. It's very important. So multiplied is to be yours in plenty. Whoo, plenty of grace, plenty of peace, never short on those. Do you guys understand what grace is, right? It's God's ability, God's ability on the inside of you. It is unmerited, undeserved favor of God resting upon you, and we can have that multiplied and in abundance. That's a good place to be. Do you ever sit and wonder, what have I been doing? What? Just yield. Just yield. Just yield, you know? <laughs> be patient. Be patient. There's grace right there. It is multiplied, and it's abounding, and I need that, right? I need that. But in our own flesh, sometimes we get into our own strength and our own power. And you know what's interesting in America, 
we can do that and live a pretty good life. Do you know what I mean? We can do that and live a, I mean, you know, we're not like in an underground church. We're not hiding out. We're not, you know, afraid of being um, persecuted like physically, you know, for the most part here. And so we can just live life and do what we want, and we can have a pretty good life. See, this is where I do not agree with where the grace message has gone. People have used grace, just as it tells you not to, as a license to sin. And it has been used as an excuse to stay a certain way and not repent and come up higher where God has called. And it has been a detriment in the church because I believe, now I'm not, now this is the, this is the 9 a.m. crowd, so this is not you by any means or me, right? But it has caused a laziness in the church. Well, you don't have to do anything. Well, just come to church, stamp the clock, your time card, you're good. Yep, you're going to go to heaven. Guys, there is fruit that can be had in abundance for believers as they walk and abide in him, <clears throat> obeying his word, putting action to what he tells us, not just hearing it, but applying it to our life and being purposed to apply it to our life, going after it with all of our heart. So it says, multiplied, be yours in, pl in plenty, increasing in abundance. So the knowledge that this is talking about in verse 2, and you can probably, you can just leave it up there while we are on verse 2 if you want. <clears throat> multiplied to you in the knowledge of God. Remember, God is love. So always think about love, too, in that, okay? And Jesus, our Lord, this knowledge is, remember, is experiential knowledge. This is a relational word referring to those who have an intimate, relational knowledge of God, and it is experienced in reality. That knowledge of God, there's a reality to it. There's an experience to it. There's an intimacy with it. And, and I, you know, I, I know people sometimes are so set on, well, I'm not, I'm not, we're not going to get into works. We're not going to get into works. We're not going to get into works. I get that. But when you understand who you are in Christ, you're not looking at it that way. You're looking at it as, Lord, what can I do for you? What can I do in applying this word? What can I do for you? Because remember in John, I believe it's John 14, 21, it says that I will know you, and I'm paraphrasing, I will know you love me when you keep my word. I think we said it the first, the first week we were talking about this, that you mean to tell me that we can show God that we love him? Yes, we can. And that is how he knows. It doesn't say, just because you tell me you love me, I know you love me. It doesn't tell me, just because you go to church on Sundays, I know you love me. No, it, now that is part of doing the word. But it says, I know you love me when you keep my commandments. 
when you do my word, when you obey, when I, that really settled in on me, that we can show God every day that we love him. Man. You ever, you ever, like, it's like, I mean, you're in the presence of God, and God, you, he's just been so good to you, and you can't even get out in English how much, how much you love him and how thankful you are. Do you know what speaks to him, that you love him, is when you obey his word. Man, I know every one of you inside of here has a desire to show the Lord that you love him. Let's be more of the doer of the word. It's important. So we, have, so we are to have the favor of God and peace multiplied in measure, and this will happen through our knowledge of the Lord. That is our intimate acquaintance, full acquaintance, full discernment, recognition, and acknowledgement. That's knowledge of him. We are acknowledging him. <coughs> In verse 2, the Young literal, literal Translation says, Grace to you and peace, peace be multiplied in the acknowledgement of God and of our Lord Jesus Christ. So you see that? Grace and peace multiplied in acknowledging him. The Passion says, My grace and perfect peace cascades over you as you live in the rich knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord sounds like you abide in him, doesn't it? You live. These are all actions. Are these God's actions? No, these are our actions. We acknowledge, we live in, and grace and peace abound and are multiplied. The voice translation says, I wish you a full measure of grace and peace as you grow in the knowledge of God. So we can grow in the knowledge of God. Remember, we won't reach the end. We can continually be growing in the knowledge of God. That's why we pray the Ephesians prayers, right? The Amplified says, Grace and peace, that special sense of spiritual well-being, be multiplied to you in the true, intimate knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. So let's look at verse 3. It says, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. His divine power has been given to us. All things that pertain to life and godliness are ours. Right? They've already been put in us. They've been given to us, right? He's already given that to us in Jesus, right? It, and, and, and then it says, through the knowledge of him who has called us by his glory. So I want you to see something here. That the verse shows us two things right here. Verse number three shows us two things. It shows us first that his power, there's a divine agent, his power and his glory. That's him. You don't have power and glory of yourself. <laughs> the power and the glory, that's from him. 
So that is the divine agent. And then it shows us the human agent, our knowledge of him. So those two things working together, right? God has given us and poured into us all things that pertain to life and godliness. But has anybody ever met anybody who has given their heart to the Lord and done nothing with what's on the inside of them? Right? It's there. It's there. The scripture does not say all things have become new. Old things are passed away. All things have become new. But after two months' time, if you don't do anything with it, then it's gone. It doesn't say that. When you give your heart to Jesus, you are a new, your spirit is brand new. The spirit of the living God lives in there. Power and glory have been deposited in you to its fullest. But the part that we have to do is through the knowledge of him. That doesn't just come easy. You see, in order to unlock and release those things that he's put in the, on, on the inside of us, we have to begin to commune with him, a relationship. We begin to learn of him. And then we begin to apply what we learn, and we begin to walk in what we learn, and we begin to, um, you know, stir that relationship. See, what grace has done, like the wrong message of grace, is <clears throat> it'd be like Sean and I, we got married, right? Because we did. Yes. <laughs> we got married. And then after we said I do, we just went and did our own thing. Never spend any time, no intimate relationship, no communion, no developing and drawing together, no building our relationship, no learning about one another. See, some of the church has done that. They, they, they receive Jesus and they love the message of salvation, but then they walk away from learning of him, and they walk really away from the intimate relationship that he desires so much to have with each one. And it says that, I want to read verse 3 in the Amplified, for his divine power has bestowed on us absolutely everything necessary for a dynamic spiritual life and godliness. Oh, come on. We got everything we need for a spiritual life and our natural life right there on the inside of us. And because we're so set on what we want to do sometimes, we miss out on being fruitful in areas of our lives because we just want to do what we want to do. We just want it, we just, our flesh, our flesh is in control. Our flesh is in control. No, my own, my own, my own will. My emotions, my emotions. I get it. I've been there many times. But he has bestowed on us absolutely everything necessary for dynamic spiritual life and godliness through, listen to this, this is the Amplified, 
true and personal knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. The Passion Translation says everything we could ever need for life and godliness has already been deposited in us by his divine power. For all this was lavished upon us through the rich experience of knowing him who has called us by name and invited us to come to him through a glorious manifestation of his goodness. So in the first part, in his power and his glory, the agent of the divine, he has by his own action bestowed on us, gives us through his great power every requisite, everything that is necessary for living the truly good life. Good life. Everything we need for our physical and spiritual life, for leading a good, fruitful life that represents him well. We don't have to come up with the power to be able to do that. Hallelujah. We don't have to come up with the ability. He is the ability. But in the second part, our part, it's, it's through our knowledge of him, uh, that, him and that everything we need in that knowledge is part of understanding and operating in and walking out what he's given and what he's placed on the inside of us. We have a part to play, an experiential knowledge. And remember, I'm going to remind us again of what that is. That's not just knowing the word, it's doing the word. Listen to this. Let's actually turn there. 1 John 2, you can hold your place in, I have little cheater tabs, so it's easy for me, but you can hold your place in 2 Peter, because we'll turn back there here in just a couple minutes. Uh, 1 John 2, 3. Now this we know, that we know him. Listen to this. We can know that we know him. If we keep his commandments. It doesn't say we know that we know him if we can operate in the gifts really well. It doesn't say we know that we know him if we can quote the whole New Testament. It doesn't say we know that we know him if we come to church and we we are faithful to that. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say that. It says that we know that we, this is the gauge on how we can know that we know God. It's that we keep his commandments. He who says, I know, is verse 4, him, and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. So if somebody comes to you and says, I know God. I know God. I am gifted. But you don't see any fruit in their life? Just wait. (laughs) Don't sit and judge them. Just wait. Because the person who knows God is doing his word. And that's not just the parts of the word that we like. And from what I can see in the New Testament, the person who walks in love 
at a high level knows God. You want to know God? Just focus on walking in love for the next year. Not only are you showing your father that you love him, but you are also showing yourself, I know God. I'm learning of him. I'm growing in knowledge of him. And as I do these things that are hard on my flesh, um, grace and peace will be multiplied to me, abounding in me. We're not stuck. There's a way out of everything. He's already provided it. Verse 5, whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God. See, he brings the love of God. I'm telling you, let's focus on the love of God and see where we get in a year. I mean, like it says in 1 Corinthians, pursue it, attain it, go after it, grab onto it, hang onto it. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. You are growing in the knowledge of him by remaining focused on his word and being a doer of the word. Do you see that? Knowledge is not just knowing about him or knowing what he says, but it's doing what he says. It's applying what he says. You see, we have been given everything we need, but if we allow the seed to lie dormant and don't exercise and grow in what we have, we will not see the fruitfulness that God wants us to walk in. If we continually ignore the word because it's not easy to do, we will not have the fruitfulness that we can walk in. And listen, sometimes when you go to the Lord and you have an issue and the Lord says one thing and you don't want to hear it, be careful that you don't walk away from it and disobey it. Because that's your answer. That's your freedom. That's your fruitfulness. Right there in obedience to what he's telling you to do. Godliness cannot be divorced from Christian living. The Lord has called us to his own glory and virtue to manifest the divine character of Christ in our daily lives. And verse 3, real quick, or verse 4, we'll finish with that so you can turn back to 2 Peter. Verse 4, it says, By which you have been given, has been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be the partakers of divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Divine nature, we have become participants to share essential, God's essential nature. Hallelujah. This nature becomes the source of our new lifestyle. You mean we can walk through this life and live in this life through God's nature? Yes, you can. Did God ever lose a battle? No, he didn't. Was God ever uh, depressed? No, he wasn't. We can live in his nature 24 7, 365, we can live and walk in his nature and disperse it. It told us in John um, 1, uh, the first John that we were just in, that if you, if you are in him, walk in him. It would not tell us to walk in him if we could not do that. See, 
the key here is, and this is where it's going to simplify things in our mind, because sometimes I think believers, we strive to get the power and the ability, and how are we going to make this happen, and how are we going to do this, and how are we going to have the strength to do this, or what am I going to do in this situation, or what am I going to do in that situation? You're going to know him. Boom. Takes it down to one step for you. Knowing him. And remember, knowledge of him is hearing what he says and applying it. Doesn't matter what it looks like. Doesn't matter what it feels like. Doesn't matter if you think it's going to work or not. If he said it and you apply it, it's going to work. We are to grow in the knowledge of him. There is so much release of his power in his, in his ability in knowing him. Real quick, I just want to leave you with this. I know we've got like two minutes. Promises. He is giving us um, exceedingly great and precious promises. There are great and precious, exceedingly great and precious promises. Do you know what that is? That's his self-committal to you. That's his assurance to you. These are the promises I have. Spiritual life either grows or dies, just much like fruit. We have a responsibility to know who we serve and know his character and be purposed to walk in it as he has. Coming to experiential knowledge of who has been deposited in us by being a doer of the word. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this morning. Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, we desire in this place to be a doer of your word. So we thank you, Lord, that you're speaking to us, that revelation, opening the eyes of our understanding, Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you for the rest of this day, Lord, that your power we, is just going to flow through here. We thank you for healings. We thank you for um, salvations, baptism of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for those things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.